Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. My name is Leah, and I am so happy you have found your way to this podcast and just so honored to have you here. If you've been listening for quite some time, then you'll know that I'm currently traveling. And so I updated you all last week, sharing a solo episode about where I'm at in my travels, spending a month in Mexico. Um, so definitely check out that episode if you haven't yet already. And at the end of that episode, I said I was landing in a new country. And so just to give you all the update, I am now in Antigua in Guatemala and really enjoying the city here. I'm taking a Spanish class, so I'm in class four hours a day, which I love learning new languages, and it's just really, really fueling my creative soul right now. So there's a little update from me, but today we have another guest on our show, and it is the beautiful Christina Irvin. So Christina Irvin, of Glow Glow Juice Human Design is a creative guide and teacher who helps others embrace their authentic selves through human design. She is a traveler, a self-professed weirdo, way too into Harry Potter and all things magic, says hello to every creature she sees, and truly believes in the power and potential of every person. Oh my gosh, if you can't tell already, Christina is definitely now one of my favorite people. And I think that you'll love this episode because we go into human design and if you aren't familiar with human design, it's basically a system that combines your astrology with the um, chakras. So if you don't know anything about the chakras, that's okay. We do have an episode about the chakras with Kelly Collins, and we also have more of an intro episode about human design with Carrie Van Kirk. So if you want to look up those episodes and listen to those first, if you don't know anything about human design, but human design is something that I've been studying for the past two years or so, and I've just found it so helpful in really giving myself permission to be exactly who I am and exactly where I'm at. But in this episode, we really talk about what it means to be a generator. And so if you don't know your type, I'm going to leave the link in the show notes where you can look it up. You just input your birth information. Myhumandesign.com is a great website or great resource to be able to look up what type you are. But I will say that 70% of the world is generator. And so in human design, there are five different energy types. There's generators, uh, manifesting generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. But I am a generator and so is Christina. And so we talk a lot about what it means to be a generator in the world. But even if you're not a generator, if you're not one of those 70% of people, I think you'll still really relate to this episode because we talk about how to use the sacral chakra in healing our creativity, in healing our relationship to our bodies, in healing our relationship to self. And so if you're a generator, you have these energy centers and they can either be defined or undefined. And Christina gives us the rundown on what all of that means and how to uh, look at that in your chart. But basically the a generator will have their sacral chakra defined. And so it's just really interesting to kind of go in depth about creativity and how that really does work with the system that you know you were born with. We also talk about healing self-worth and negative thought patterns and how human design can help you do that. 
And it's funny because we recorded this interview a couple months ago before I set off traveling. And we do talk a little bit about travel and solo travel, which is just funny because that's something that's totally lights up my sacral chakra as a generator. And so it's really beautiful to kind of listen to this episode back and, and see that I'm doing the things that me as a generator wants to do. And truthfully, in this period of my life, something that I've been really focusing on and using human design to help aid in that process is really listen to my body and listen to the cues of my body and being a generator that's like a gut response for me it's really important to like follow my gut response and follow my intuition and so i've been using that as a technique during my solo travels of like even something as simple as okay what do i want to eat for breakfast and so i kind of present different options for myself so let's say one option is a traditional guatemalan breakfast which is fried plantains and beans and eggs with coffee and juice that's one option or a plate of fruit or something a bit heavier and I'm instead of kind of figuring out what it is that I want in my mind I'm able to tune into my body and just kind of present those different options and see which one I resonate with I've also been using this a lot even in like tuning into how long I want to stay somewhere or what feels right I'm making stressful decisions especially when I have like a couple different options and I'm not really sure which which path I want to go I will checking with my body, checking with my sacral, and my sacral never leads me astray, just as your sacral never leads you astray. Um, But just wanted to share that too, because I think human design can be used for so many different purposes, depending on how it resonates for you and how you want to use it to just get to know yourself on a deeper level. And like I said in this episode, um, I think what human design actually does, it just gives you permission to be exactly who you are, which I find so freeing. And especially with creativity, who you are is how you express yourself. Who you are is your unique, innate creativity. And so the the deeper you know yourself and the more that you give yourself permission to just be who you are, the more that you're able to express, the more that you're able to create. So I just love that in this episode, Christina really understands the creative sides of things and how she uses creativity and human design in tandem. So you will absolutely love this episode. If you love astrology, if you love the chakras, if you love getting to know yourself and getting to know your unique creative soul, then you're in for a real treat. So let's dive into this conversation with Christina Irvin. Hi, Christina. Thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Oh, so the first question that I always ask everyone when they come on is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? Oh, that's such a good question. The first thing that popped into my head with that freedom, I think that something that is just so vital to my creativity and my expression as a human is the space to be able to do so and Mm -hmm. to release the control of what that might need to look like, what my expression might need to be, you know, doesn't have to be a certain way and just giving myself the permission and the freedom to explore what's possible is, is really kind of what's fueling me at the moment. So. Oh, that's such a good answer. Especially (laughs) fellow generator, Sagittarius. Do you know your astrological sign? Yes. I'm a, a Virgo sun, Libra rising, Sag moon. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense. I'm also even <laughs> rising, but yeah, I love this idea of freedom and, and really following like as a generator too, following like your sacral desires. And I think this is something that I'm coming up against in my own life of like really trying to determine like what are societal conditionings and what is, you know, how do I really create that space? And so I'm curious, like, what has that looked like in your life? And maybe how did you get into human design and how did you kind of 
get yourself out that out of that conditioning? Yeah. Well, I kind of like my body failed me is the short answer. <laughs> I burnt out really, really hard. And I was, there's, I'm not totally sure when it happened, but at some point in my younger years, I contracted Lyme disease. And because I was healthy and doing all the things, I didn't really experience a lot of symptoms. I think the first symptoms I, I can kind of look back and be like, oh, that might've been, it was when I was like maybe 15 or 16. And a lot of viruses, a lot of bacterial infections and things like that, they really can be totally fine until there's this massive amount of stress in your life and stress can really ignite or or make those things flare up in your body. So when I got into my post-college, got my first job, I injured myself and I suddenly started having all of these major issues in my body. And on top of that, I was incredibly stressed with work and I just started my body just started kind of depleting. And then over the course of like five, six years, searching for answers, continuing on the same path of working nine to five for a job that was like generally good with people that I love, but nothing that was like really igniting my soul. I just got sicker and sicker until I literally couldn't do it anymore. So I encouraged my husband, who's also a creative. He works in the video world. I was like, babe, quit your job, do your own thing. I'll keep working until we get that going and then we can work for ourselves. And I was thinking that maybe that was the answer to my burnout, just needing freedom and needing more good things in my life. But when that, when I joined him, eventually I was still sick. So it's just been a very, a combination of both not being fulfilled in what I was doing, not being, you know, lit up as they say, as a generator, the stress that I was taking in in my life because of that, trying to conform to societal expectations, trying to do the thing of have the job, buy the house, move through life in the linear path in which we're all expected to. And that just quite literally running up against some major issues that I had in my physical body and crashing and burning because of it. So that's kind of my journey there. And then I, I got into human design, um, not as like a, uh, like I started listening to podcasts and I started getting into spirituality and learning about the law of attraction and all these things and thinking maybe that's something that can come into light my life and make things better, make me feel good, give me energy. And along the way, I listened to a podcast and I learned about human design and I was like, oh, this will be the answer. And then I learned out I was a generator and then I'm here to work. And I was like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. But something stuck with me. And like some of the things that I read were just like, oh, that's just so true. And also once I moved past the generators here to work uh, language and started actually digging into what it truly means to be a generator, I was like, oh, this is huge permission for me to separate myself from what's not working. And it just stuck with me. I got a few readings and then told all my friends about it, like victimized them completely. You know, every time he'd be on the phone, be like, oh, well, you know, human design, this, that, that. And they would just so patiently humor me. And then um, finally I had a, a friend and a coach be like, why don't you do this? And that's how I got here. Long wow. Oh my gosh. What a, thank you for sharing that first of all. And just, it, it, it like brings light into a lot of the things like I felt as a generator too. And, and just, you know, you describing doing work that doesn't fill you up. And like, even though it was fine and it was comfortable, but like, it wasn't the thing that was lighting up your soul really, 
you know, triggered all of those health issues where your body was like no more. And so I, and I think that a lot of generators, myself included, kind of get in this trap of like, yeah, doing the things that we're supposed to do, because it's a lot scarier to take that path of freedom and to really follow the freedom that we're seeking and to, and to kind of create that for ourselves, because it, it's not going to look like what someone else has done. Mm-hmm. And so what a crazy experience then to really like know that you just had to stop, you had to be self-employed and find human design along the way. And so I'm curious, like, what were some of those practices or those things? Like, how did you kind of get your health and your body back in balance? And how did following the human design really help aid in that healing process? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, my body really just kind of stopped working and I could barely keep my eyes open for more than two hours. And I was reading all this, you have sustainable energy. And I'm like, no, I do not. (laughs) Excuse me. No, I don't. What's happening here. And thinking at some point that human design could be the answer to that, that maybe it just was that I wasn't doing fulfilling work. And so Mm -hmm. I was drained and I was burnt out. And then realizing that some of my symptoms were well beyond the realm of what burnout is. So eventually I got treatment for my Lyme disease and that in coordination with really being mindful of my relationship with stress and my tendency to do what I should be doing rather than what I was drawn to do or was, was excited to do and just redefining those things in my life. I think very intentionally spent a lot of time healing my relationship with my root center because the root is where, you know, you're taking in stress and amplifying it. Mine's undefined. So I don't have a consistent way of processing that kind of adrenaline process, processing that kind of stress. And I was so, so, so stressed out. And knowing that in chronic illness, stress is a huge amplifier. It's a huge um, reason why we flare up with our chronic illnesses. And so just that was so clear to me that that was where I really needed to start. And then I started looking at other parts of my chart and I only have my sacral and my solar plexus defined. So I I have a lot of openness as do you. So you might identify with the idea of taking in things. And, and as I was redefining my relationship to stress and my relationship to shoulds, really my self-worth was my next kind of like big hurdle was being okay, but what happens when I say no to what I feel like I should do? And, and how can I kind of heal my relationship with my heart center, with my self-worth so that when I say no, I don't feel awful or I don't feel like it's some sort of like issue with who I am as a human being, that I'm not enough. So I spent like probably like a year and a half (laughs) with my heart and my root exclusively, not exclusively, because you can't really do anything exclusive in human design, but, but very, very intentionally. Mm -hmm. And those were really the two that I, I spent a lot of time with. And leading up to that, before I even knew about human design, I used to have a really, really difficult time with fear. Like, like, wouldn't do anything. I had all these hopes and dreams and I just was so stuck because I was so terrified. And I, so I spent like years and years working on my fear before I even knew about my undefined spleen and my, my potential for taking in and amplifying fear and staying stuck with it. So I'd already had kind of like a, a solid relationship that was healed and healthy with my spleen, but that would have been another place. And that is constantly, honestly, another place where I'm very mindful of how those three centers in my life can show up and make themselves known and potentially prevent my expression from coming through in a healthy way. Wow. That's yeah. That's so beautiful. And for people who 
I don't know anything about human design and you're talking about undefined and defined centers. So you just give us a little, like, what does that mean when a center is defined and what does it mean when it's undefined? Yeah. So in human design, we have nine energy centers. Um, And when they're defined, that means that's what you have consistent access to. That energy is consistent within you. So with us, with our defined sacral and defined solar plexus, we have consistent energy or consistent access to the energy of the sacral, which is creativity, pleasure, vitality, it's life force. It's that sustainable battery, the the thing that makes the generator and is supposedly supposed to give us endless energy. supposedly and I do I mean it's so funny though even as I as I like healed my body my energy comes back and back and I identify with being a generator in that sense more and more but anyways um the the definition yeah that's what we have consistent access to 24 7 365 it's also what we condition others with it's, it's the energy that we're putting out into the world and then when you have an undefined center those are the white centers in our chart and that's where we are taking in energy potentially amplifying it and it's really where we're kind of here to learn we're, we're here to go to school and become really wise it can also be where we tend to be in the shadow more where we can be conditioned depending on our definition and and like really hold in energy that's not ours hmm. yeah okay thank you that's such a good explanation and like when you say that you were working you know intentionally with your root in your heart for a year or however long what, what does that look like? Like, is it mantras? Is it different practices or rituals? Like, what is that kind of like, how do you work with that and, and start to create some of your own energy instead of taking in other people's? Yes. Mantras, rituals, therapy, all kinds of different support tools, depending on, on really who you are and what you need. For me, I am somebody that's relatively self-contained. I, I tend to focus on myself very naturally, but I asking for support is not something that comes naturally, (laughs) something that I've had to learn how to do. And so a lot of my healing processes often start with myself, like truly just alone. Some, you know, my husband might not even know that I'm, I'm doing things. It's, it's really important for me to just kind of have like a very, like a private practice. So whether that is just going on walks or reminding myself that there's, you know, plenty of time to get things done that I don't need to rush through anything. Um, That's the root center. When it's undefined, it causes a lot of pressure and we can feel like we have to do everything right now, but we don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so just being really aware. And a lot of it is I kind of look at all of my energy as like tiny little people. And so I talk to them and I'll, you know, when I kind of feel that pressure rise up in my body, I'll be like, Hey, like, okay we've got time don't worry and just like being really present with all those different parts of me and what they're saying and what's really behind the messaging that they're giving me is there something that needs deeper that needs to be tended to and if there is that's when I'm prompted to ask for support whether it's getting on a phone call with my friend and talking through what does self-worth mean like how do we know that we're worthy human beings how do we discover what self-worth actually is or going to therapy and being like I can't do this. (laughs) I can't figure this out. I need help. How do I release this? It's yeah. There's so many different ways in which you can support yourself, but, but even the small things, I think that's one of the, my, my biggest things with human design is that it's like, it paints this beautiful picture of what's possible, but then there's also the reality of our life, which Mm. is often that we don't have the access that we don't have the time, the space, the resources, whether that's mental, emotional, physical, 
financial, whatever it is, we don't have the privilege, whatever it is to actually do the things that human design is asking us to do. And where can we maybe meet ourselves wherever we're at? And in my mind, there's really nothing too small to, you know, heal, like to heal yourself with, whether it's literally like three seconds of deep breathing or just a quick affirmation that you have on a post-it note, like that's all good. That's all worth doing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be done on some big macro level. Like I always talk about micro joys or micro moments. Like those are just as important in our healing process um, as quitting our job that we hate and, you know, trying to live our hashtag dream life. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. That's such an important distinction of like, it doesn't have to be these big change your life moments. Like you can change your life in the very smallest of moments. And that's, that's where the work really comes into play. Cause we're never going to have the perfect situation. Cause even when we do, there's still going to be issues and things that come up. Life Um, is full of lessons to learn. And like, so even when we bring in something that is totally ideal, like doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yes, exactly. Such an important reminder. Will you talk about, I know you have your business glow, glow juice, which is so (laughs) fun. I've been loving following it on Instagram for maybe like six months or so, but just loving all your content and the way that you talk about creativity and human design. And just, it's just so fun to like, see it in, in action. I think, I think that human design is something like that, you know, I've been studying it for a little bit and it still is like very heady and, and I I try to explain it to someone and it's like, you can't really explain it. You kind of have to just introduce people to it and then allow them to go on their own journey with it because there's so much to uncover. So Mm -hmm. I found that that it's really helpful to like follow someone like you, who's kind of putting that into practice. And so will you tell us like how that idea came to be, what you do and what that kind of looks like now in your daily life? Yeah. So somebody that very much kind of lives in like seasons (laughs) and there'll be something that's really present with me for a while. And I'll be like, okay, I need to, I need to talk about this or I need to dive into this, whatever it is. And so as a creative person, one part of my, like the healing of my general expression and also just like my sacral and, and coming to terms with what it is to live as a generator, um, Like I have always been a deeply creative person. It's just been part of who I am. But as I've moved through life and done, you know, as we talked about the linear path and trying to do what makes sense and all the shoulds, my creativity really, really shut down. And it was one of the things that I had some huge issues with expression around and some huge just struggles. It wasn't that I couldn't express. It was that I had so much to come out of my body. And when it did, I didn't feel good about it. I, I just struggled to be okay with the way that I was creatively expressing and feeling like enough in my creative expression. And so I started to, as I started, you know, digging more into human design and understanding what it was, it was very clear that there is a quite a bit of parallel between being a generator or the sacral itself and creativity because the sacral is where creativity lives Mm -hmm. and our world does not support generally, you know, people say that we live in a generator's world. What is true is that we live in a world that is built to manipulate generator energy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't mean that even though, you know, capitalism benefits off of, of generator energy and all of that, like, it doesn't mean it's actually healthy for the generator. 
And so as we're moving through life and we're doing all the shoulds and we're, and we're doing things because we think we have to, or we, we think we need to, or whatever, and we're not trusting ourselves. We're doing what makes sense. We're using our mind to make our mind to make decisions. We disconnect ourselves from our body, which means we disconnect ourselves from our creative expression. We have to be in our body. We have to be deeply connected to our physical self in order for there to be a healthy, and sustainable creative practice, healthy and sustainable creative expression. It is not, and it's not always easy. We, as you know, a person who as a woman, you know, is often taught that their body is incorrect for being rounder or whatever, like, you know, and and living our life, trying to manipulate our bodies into being a certain way, being connected to our physical self is not always easy. There's trauma there. There's stories, there's narratives, there's all sorts of things that bury that connection and therefore bury our ability to connect with our creativity in a healthy way. And so using human design to really hone in on how to have a healthy sacral, regardless of whether or not your sacral is defined, is so very key to actually having a healthy, happy, creative practice that feels not just good to put out into the world, but that you can feel like good about having put it out into the world, if that makes sense. Like the expression part is often where I think a lot of people struggle with because they judge themselves. And there's so many other parts of the chart that can help support you if that's the case. But the sacral is really where all of that creativity, that vitality, that kind of expression lives. And so it's truly important to understand what your relationship is with that energy in order to yeah have a healthy expression of it yeah that's uh, first of all thanks for bringing that up because I think that's even what you said about like the world has learned to manipulate generator energy I think rings so true because yeah there's just so much that goes into that but then also like our relationship to our sacral whether or not you're a generator whether or not you know you have that defined like learning I think something that comes up for me a lot in human design is like this idea of permission and like it just gives you permission to be exactly who you are and like to really learn your energetic cycles and really like learn your seasons so that you can work with them instead of against them and I think the world has taught us to work against them and to do things when we aren't feeling up to it and the messaging is like kind of to push through and and again whether or not you're a generator like that is just doing that is, is not being true to who you are, not being true to your energy and your cycles. And like, it just, it goes so deep. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm just really brought, really glad you brought that up in, in regards to like how creativity works in relationship to that. Yeah. And it's, you know, like if you're a projector and you have an undefined sacral and you've spent your life trying to keep up with generators and manifesting generators in a world that is trying to manipulate your energy that you don't even have to give because it's not consistent, it's not that sustainable, then how are you supposed to be connected to the part of yourself that is here to birth creativity into the world? Mm. Like you're gonna be burnt out, you're gonna be tired, you're not gonna have anything to give. Or if you do, you're gonna overgive and you're not going to know when to stop and you're gonna burn out even more. (laughs) Like It's just just so um, important to understand that like the energy that we're giving in the world, there's more repercussions than just our not self or signature theme of doing, you know, paying attention to our strategy and authority and using that energy correctly. Like it's not just, oh, we'll be frustrated if we don't 
respond to something. It's that there are physical repercussions and energetic repercussions of not aligning your energy correctly in that way or not healing yourself once, like if you have lived a life that hasn't been aligned, whether that's, I mean, in your control or not in your control. So yeah. Yeah, totally. And so, and I also loved what you said that like you live your life very seasonally. Cause I think mm. as a generator and, and as a creative person who has a creative business, I can really relate to that. And like the question that I'm struggling, well, I shouldn't say struggle, but the question that I'm inquiring about right now and exploring about right now is like, how do I have a sustainable business when I do go through these seasons as a creative person where, you know, like, and I talk about creative seasons and cycles a lot on this podcast and with my work, but like when you're experiencing a creative winter, when it's like, it's the time to rest, it's the time to play a little bit and explore. And, and instead of like trying to push out content or, you know, do the, like, there are just different cycles to it. And so, yeah, that's something I'm trying to figure out with myself of like, can I just take three months off? It's like, yeah, I can, you know, and, and not feeling guilty about that or feeling like I'm behind or feeling like, I don't know. So that's just something I'm exploring right now. And so I'm curious for you, if you've had like similar feelings with glow, glow juice and like, how, how have you set that up for yourself? Oh yeah. When I started and I had all of these like creative ideas and the energy to pursue them all. And I, I knew what I was doing. I knew that I was using willpower that I didn't have and that eventually that I would need to go into a deep season of rest. And I allowed myself to do that. And that's the thing is that human design isn't a tool to help you master yourself. It's a tool to bring awareness to how you operate. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that I was pushing really hard and using a sense of willpower that isn't consistent for me, I knew that at some point I was going to need to go into a season of rest after that. If I, once I got it done, that I likely was not going to have the willpower to continue at that pace. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just, yeah. I mean, like you said, human design is a huge permission slip permission to explore what that is. But then you also have the reality of is art paying your bills. Can you take three months off? What does that look like? And sometimes you really have to do the in-between, you know, you have to figure out how to do that in a healthy and sustainable way. But I, I mean, I think that as, as a generator or yeah, any creative person, just understanding, coming back to what's fueling my own, you know, what's fueling my creativity right now is that sense of freedom is that like, there's nobody defining what creativity and what, what your creative process looks like other than you. Mm -hmm. And if you need three months to recalibrate and heal and rest, then can we expect that at the end of the three months, what's going to come through and what you're going to have availability for is exactly what you need to, you know, continue on and just learning to, to trust those cycles and trust those seasons and honor where you're at while also having your needs met in whatever way you need to. There always is in my mind, a way to have both of those happen. I don't, you know, it can be I don't, <laughs> it might not meet the definition of like a dream life, but you know, we are, we're dealing with real life and sometimes, sometimes compromises have to be made, but as much freedom as you can give yourself to, to navigate those seasons, I think it's just so important because it's part of, I think it's just part of being human. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I love the trust aspect because I think every time I go through these kind of phases, mm -hmm. and I think this is probably other people listening can relate to this, but it's like, you kind of, you know, there's like that middle period where you freak out and you're like, 
am I never going to create anything again? Or like, am I, is this just going to be my life from now on? But you prove yourself time and time and again, that like the only way out is through. And the more that you trust your individual creative process, the more that like you'll surrender to it. And like you said, what needs to come out, what comes out of it at the end is like exactly the lesson that you were meant to learn. There's this quote, there's this book that I love. It's called the book of qualities by J Ruth Gendler. And she has this quote that says creativity understands the importance of the months where nothing seems to get done. And it's like, it's so true because even if you're not producing or creating actively, it's like that process is always taking place, even when you can't see it or it hasn't manifested yet. So I just, yeah, I thought I would share that. I love that. Oh, that's so good. And it's so true. And I think that's like, you know, not to get like too heady into human design stuff, which is a hard space for me not to be in just because I'm so there. But, but, you know, we, we transitioned from being seven centered beings to nine centered beings. And in that transition, like when we were seven centered beings, our mind was in control. Our mind was the authority. It was saying, do this, do what makes sense. And I always talk about that, even though it's been a long time since we transitioned into nine centered beings, our mind is still mad that it's not in control. And so it loves to just come out and be like, Hey, that doesn't make any sense. You taking a month off makes no sense in the world. And then society and the world and all of that is like the mind's right. Listen to the mind. Like you, that doesn't make sense. You're going to fail. We're going to take away this, that, and that. And it's just so easy to fall into doing what makes sense. But then that's how your creativity shuts down because you're not nurturing that part of you. You're bypassing what you actually need in order to be creatively expressed. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I love that. When did we transition into nine centered? It was like in the seven, like 1781, I think. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But so interesting to like, just kind of look at the history of humankind. And if you look at it from this, like lens in which human design offers. And even I know, you know, people talk about this shift that's taking place in 2027, which I don't know too much about, but it's just interesting to see how that kind of mirrors society. And like, as we're entering, maybe this, you know, you hear a lot of people talking online about, you know, the new paradigm and this new shift and this new world that we're creating together. And and you're already seeing, you know, things start to happen in that way. So I think it's really interesting this like kind of global awakening of, of like, okay, what are the systems that we've created and, and how can now we shift them and change them into something that is more sustainable for everyone, because it hasn't been sustainable or equitable for so many people for so long. And I think we're like 2020 really offered us this chance to really see that Mm -hmm. and in a way that like none of us could ignore. And so I think it's just interesting then how human design kind of mirrors those cultural shifts. Yeah pretty crazy and astrology too like I'm not a huge like astrology nerd yet it's on my list (laughs) but like I know like you know my my super my friends that are super into astrology they're like look at this and I'm like oh wow (laughs) (laughs) not surprised it's just really cool I love that kind of stuff and I also like yeah I do think that the the overall awakening is 
you know, it being part of like, I, I look at Gen Z and, and how they operate and how it's so different. I look at being a millennial. I'm like, okay, I can see where we started to kind of like tear away from the full, that mm-hmm. it was still really, really hard. And that Gen Z is coming away with more liberation than ever because of how we started to tear away from the fold and how you can look at the evolution of things like just generally generationally too. It's so cool. It's so fascinating. And I'm quite excited to see how it continues. I think that it's really, I think the the breaking down of the systems and the rebuilding of or the discovery of what it truly means to to have an equitable society, to have true equity and freedom for everybody. Like I'm I'm really I'm just sitting here like, yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh yeah, so good. Yeah. Also I love I think we started this conversation you saying that you're location independent. And I've I love the way that you travel and like you and your husband traveling together. You guys spent some time in Hawaii, which again, mm-hmm. similar parallel. I spent like a month in Hawaii oh, last wow. fall. Um, a- yeah. So I'm curious, like, what does that travel freedom lifestyle look like for you? And like how do you decide where to go? Like, mm-hmm. how does that work then with your like cycles and and working and and how what does that do for you yeah so i have an undefined identity center which is kind of where we have our sense of direction our like our purpose and so when it's undefined we don't have consistent access to what it what it means to like we're constantly in that existential crisis of like who am i when we're in the shadow side and then in the in the wisdom of it you are deeply connected to everything you are finding direction and path through connection and relationship and and just being a really multifaceted person and not judging yourself for those shifts and changes as you as you move through life and travel an environment i want to say travel because some people don't like to travel but environment and the place that you spend your time in where your physical body is is so key because the people make the places and the places make the people and that's what gives you your opportunities as an undefined g to find that path and find direction and so locate like when i i've always been a big big travel lover even you know i think i didn't i don't know how long i've been traveling but like my mom I was on my first plane when I was like three weeks old. My wow. grandma went to like every continent. Like it's just in my blood in that way. You know, she was a total, total travel bug too. And so it's always been part of me. And I, but when I discovered human design and the importance of location and the importance of place, and I started to connect that to how I felt when I traveled, I was like, oh, this is an important part of who I am and where, like, and what I need in this season of life. Do I think that all do this forever. I don't know. At this point, I don't plan on stopping, but in this current season of life and the the past few years, and I, I think the future few years, I'm not a fortune teller, but I, I can like the, the discovery of self through where I am and the experiences and the people and the, and the cultures that I observe when I'm traveling, it's just like, I just feel so vital to my existence right now. So when I am traveling, because I'm so sensitive to environment and place with my undefined G, I usually, I have given myself all the permission in the world to be really picky and <laughs> to be like, and using my generator response system, I'll look at places, I'll give myself option and I'll be like, Ooh, this place, my husband's a generator too, but he has a defined G. So environment isn't as necessarily important to him, but it's important that he responds to where we're going as well. And so we kind of, we choose where we go based off of that and, and kind of the season of life that we need, like when we went to Hawaii, it was, it was actually like 10 years in the making because when my husband and I started dating, he turned 
like 20 right after we started dating and he's obsessed with Jurassic Park and dinosaurs. And I knew that they filmed it in Hawaii. And I was like, if we're still together when he turns 30, we're going to go to Hawaii. And so I didn't know if it was going to be something that was possible because of COVID, but things kind of changed. We got vaccinated. Things changed around the time that we we needed to go. And so we made it happen. So that was a little bit more intentional, but a lot of times, like, we just don't know where we're going until we know where we're going. And I just allow my, my gut, his gut and my like needs of my undefined G to kind of guide us towards towards what we do and where we go. I love that. That like, you should see my face. If people can't see my face right now, but I, I feel lit up by that because yeah. yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk about it in relationship to and in partnership of like how that works. And yeah, just like the, you know, the different, how, you know, one thing is really important to you because you have an undefined um, G center, but his is defined. And so, yeah, I just like that. That opens up so many possibilities too, because yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way, but my partner does not like to travel. He is very much like, I like to stay at home. I like to have my routine, <laughs> but I'm the one who loves to travel and go off. But I also love solo travel because mm. it really like offers me this chance to disconnect from everything and really only listen to my sacral. Oh, yeah. And because I have so many open centers and I'm very empathetic, it's like, I tend to take on everyone else's ideas and decisions. Mm-hmm. So when I'm solo traveling, it's like, oh, I can, I only have to listen to me, which is, which actually kind of works out, but I want to try to get him maybe to more places. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's so funny too, because I have this sense of like, usually when you have a lot of openness, you, a lot of people around you have quite a bit of definition. Like it just kind of happens karmically that way. We're like literally everybody in my life. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating every single person that I know of like deep importance in my life has a defined G center. I'm the only one. (laughs) And so with that, you can, because that's how we find direction and, and everything, it can feel really good to be around definition, but we can often get stuck in the vortex because we are designed to shift and change. Our undefined G is, is constantly evolving, constantly shifting. We're going through so many different facets of, of our self-expression. And so having that freedom and autonomy to like detach from the vortex of the defined G sometimes is so nice. Like I, I don't solo travel that much because I haven't been solo in a decade (laughs) and I like, but I absolutely want to, and will give myself all the permission in the world to do more. Now, like I took a solo trip to New York and I was like, could have danced through the streets. Like I was in a freaking musical. I was like, Oh my God, it's been so long since I've been like, just totally detached from anyone. Mm. And it felt so good. It felt so good. So yes, to solo travel, even like, I love traveling with my husband. We like have such a connection in our passion for, for doing that. But he also knows how important it is for me to be myself. And he's always encouraged me to do solo travel. I've just been like a little bit of a chicken. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it has its ups and downs like everything else. And I'm curious, like being that, you know, defined sacral and, and really needing to respond to your gut response. Like I'm, I want to hear what that feels like in your body. Like, how do you know that something is a yes? And how do you know that something's an, is a no? Yeah. So, and I have an emotional authority, so it's like a little bit different. It's a little bit trickier because Mm. as I respond, then when I respond, that starts my emotional wave. So my response in the moment isn't always the true response. It's not always the true representation of what's actually correct for me because 
it could be like, a sacral response that says yes can be easily confused with an emotional high. So it's, it's, you got to play with it a little bit, but my response is, um, and my sacral is defined consciously, which is another nuance for people that might be listening to this and be like, I'm a generator and I'm not connected to my sacral response at all. And like the reason why I have always been able to identify with it since I was introduced to human design, even though I am an emotional authority is because it's something that I'm deeply aware of. And it's, like it's a conscious trait within me. So I, I just have the ability to recognize it a little bit easier than somebody who it might be defined unconsciously with. So my responses are very much, I always in usual, like in typical human design rhetoric, they talk about it like a strong yes or no, or an uh-huh or an uh-uh, or this like sacral voice. But again, coming back to how often we are disconnected from our bodies or conditioned. And like sacral sounds aren't always cute. And so depending on who raised you, you might've been told not to make noises or not to make faces or something like that. And that can, conditioning can affect your connection to your sacral response and how your sacral responds or the, the sounds or, or the noises or the faces or the movements that it makes. But mine is very much of like an expansion towards something like, a, ooh, like, you know, like that, like kind of a jolt in my body of like movement. I often like my, my nose often come through my face or like I'll kind of move backwards. And that's, that's how I know. I mean, I do those all day, every day, which is how I know my sacral is working <laughs> because of how often I'm responding. But yeah, that's what it feels like for me. I'm very, my face is very much a part of it. And I, make strange noises. I won't lie to you. I, I, <laughs> I always have my senior superlative. I went to a small high school. My senior superlative was most likely to make a weird noise in class because I was <laughs> taking information and it's like whatever response I had coming out of my mouth. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. It's just so oh. interesting. It's fascinating to hear like these body cues that maybe mm. you normally wouldn't think anything about, you know, yep. you're just reacting and it's, it's very unconscious, but to really like tune in and build this relationship with your different centers and to know, okay, what do I have defined? What do I have undefined? And like really go on that exploratory path to then just like gather information and see like, mm -hmm. oh, when this, when something feels right, you know, I, I make a noise or whatever mm -hmm. that is. I think it's just like really a cool way to build this relationship yeah. with your body and with your, with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I always give permission when I'm working with other generators, I'm like, let go of what people are telling you your sacral sounds like they like all of those are true potentials, but ultimately like the life we live has a really strong influence on our connection to our responses and, and how they might manifest through our bodies. And so I'm always, you know, it's just like ground yourself in the moment, take some deep breaths and, and connecting with our physical body isn't always safe. So if it feels safe, like, connect with your physical body, ground, sit, close your eyes, and then present yourself with something, with an option. Don't get super complex. Like generators are not built to respond to what do you want for dinner? You're never going to get an answer out of me. If you ask me that question, I'll be like, I don't know. But if you mm -hmm. tell me, Hey, do you want some Italian? I'll be like, eh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or mm, no, you know, I know I will know, but it has to be really specific. And so just letting go of, of what you think a response should be and getting in touch with and getting really observant around what happens when you are in this space of being grounded and being connected with your physical self. How is your body moving? What is it? What sounds is it making? And really only defining the, your potential response as an expansion of some sort for yes and a contraction of some sort for no. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So interesting for mm. people that like 
you know, maybe have never really been, been introduced to human design and want to know where to start. What's your suggestion for a good place to like get started? Gosh, it's so different for everybody. It kind of depends on, on how deep you want to get into it. Like if you really want to like learn the system, also what type you are, like sometimes getting really deep into the system is necessary for reflectors, which it might not be as necessary for like a generator who can get a good, you know, a good reading and be good to go. I would say, the most beneficial thing that you can do is get a reading from somebody who is the same type as you because they, it's just really transformational. Readings from any type is wonderful, but having like a projector read for a projector or a generator read for a generator just pulls in so much nuance and lived, nuance and lived experience that a generator reading for a projector or a projector reading for a generator might not have access to. And so you might walk away with less tangible information and more of just like a okay, cool. That makes sense. That really resonated, but I don't really know what to do now. Whereas like when you have a type for type reading, it can be really, really beneficial. Oh, that's such a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but that Mm -hmm. makes sense because then they'll like, you'll have things to relate to and like, you'll just get each other. Cool. I love that. And so one of the other things that I love sharing on this podcast is creative resources. And so Mm -hmm. that's anything that you've been inspired by lately, anything that you're, any content that you're engaging with, Mm. either human design related or just Christina related, uh, (laughs) what are some things that is inspiring you? Oh gosh, I don't know. People, like human connection and understanding how other people work is like so deeply inspiring to me right now. Also pushing my boundaries, or I guess it's not necessarily pushing boundaries, but it's not necessarily content I've been consuming, but the idea of looking back on all of the ways that I've wanted to be creative in the past. And I stopped myself because I said that I couldn't, or I wasn't good enough, or that it wouldn't make sense, or I needed to go to school or whatever. And just playing like so much play, like bringing that into my life and just experimenting and playing has been really beautiful. But again, yeah, just connecting with other creatives and being in community with them is so just refreshing. And the wisdom that other creatives have to offer through their own experience has just been such a beautiful thing. But as like a tangible resource, if you've never read The Artist Way, I think that's a really good place to start. We're literally the same person. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. And then lastly, where can people find you? They want to connect with you. And do you offer readings or like how can people get in touch? In this kind of like weird little season right now where I'm not doing a ton of um, one-on-one stuff, I'm starting to think about it a little bit more. So by the time you listen to this, if you find me, I might be offering readings, but nothing like super concrete at the moment, but you can find me on Instagram at glow glow juice HD. Yay. Thank you so much, Christina. This has been awesome. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.